Hey y'all, we are Back to the Basket, a weekly NBA podcast where we discuss and dissect the best league in the entire galactic universe. I'm your host, Wahaj, and with me today, like every time, it's Kevin, aka Lil Kev. Hello world. And it's Richard, aka Richie Rich. Hey, mid-season edition. Playoffs, knee-deep playoffs. Yeah. Any initial thoughts before we break down the series? Most of them are even, hey? Dame Lillard is a boss. Yeah, yeah. Was it a bad shot, though? No. No? No. Does anybody think it was a bad shot? The Night King did. <laughs> That's spoilers <laughs> for all of you. Turn around. We got to do a disclaimer before <laughs> yeah, we drop Shut it that. off. But, but keep it playing, though, so we can get the... We're joking. Don't turn us off. You know who's not joking? Nikola motherfucking Jokic. Okay. He's, he ain't playing around. No, okay. He's not playing around. Uh, he is by far, I would say, the playoff MVP so far. With the numbers he's putting up, with the way he's carrying this team behind. Well, he has to be. He's a very low-key uh, playoff MVP if that was ever an award, which it should be. Uh, he, he, would, he would be maybe top three in that right now. Just to update our listeners, uh, the series is tied 1-1. Going into Portland, Portland stole Game Two, I believe, in my opinion. Um, what have you seen so far, Kevin? Let's start with you with this Denver team. Jokic leading the charge. I've been saying it all year, and Nikola Jokic is an absolute genius. Like he's got the most touches. He has an offense rolling around him, cutting, fighting through screens. You know, uh, the motion offense with him operating from the post. He's just an absolute elite basketball mind and he's just putting this Denver run together uh we saw him figure out the Spurs just now and that's that's the team that no matter what year it is the Spurs will give you a battle and they they went in they went down 2-1 and they figured it out and you know Nikola Jokic all credits to this kid he is a great player and um you know we there's so much more to see from from this kid he's only 23 I mean, his passing has always been the showcase. Yeah, for sure. But he's also doing a lot more, like Kevin mentioned. I mean, he's he's cutting. His post game has gotten better. Yeah. He's yeah. shooting better. I feel like he's coming into his own. But is his supporting cast, Richard, following through? Because when I look at the stat in the last game, which was a loss, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray, the quote-unquote number two, went six for 18 from the field. And, you know, when that's going to happen... I don't think Denver's going to win because Jokic is more of a facilitator still, even though he's putting his his print on the game by scoring a little bit more, but he's still not your initial scorer. So what is no, what are your thoughts? No, for sure. Yeah, like even just looking at, at the stats of that game, like it, again, is very lopsided in terms of um, field, goal, field goal percentage and three-point percentage. And to me, if you're, you know, if you're going back to Portland – if anything is shown by the the stats here, it's that their inside game is sort of is sort of their mainstay because Jamal is mm-hmm. sort of faltering. If they can keep that going, at least if they can hold on for one game and then just steal steal the other, then that that probably shows me that that again you have to bank on what works, which is the Jokic passing and the cutting. So as long as they're still finishing inside, it's okay if Jamal like sort of has these hot cold um, spells, which he will. So you just have to bank on what works. So when Jamal is not working, who is your next option? I mean, next up is, I guess, Gary Harris. Yeah. And he went 0-5 from 3 in the second game. You guys are pointing out all of his, his, these bad stats. Like, 
They've all had good stats too. They've played more no, than one, sure. one game, and oh, maybe they had one zero for five game. But collectively as a unit, this team is is one of the the more um, fluid teams in the league. You could say they 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 move together as a unit. They're a five man unit. They play as a five man unit. It's not reliant on uh, you know a single person scoring the entire load. They 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 play together as a team. They don't just do isolation plays no, and, for sure. and pick and rolls and things like that. They they play a lot more, um, you know, off ball movement oriented than most teams in the league, and which is fun to watch. It's refreshing to watch with with you know series like the Golden State and Houston, where it's just almost all ISOs and 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 you know a game like that, which is what the NBA has become today. It's uh, I think with the, with the Denver team. Which is the youngest team in the playoffs currently? Um, I think it's just refreshing to watch. I was going to say, yeah, for those of you who haven't tuned into this series or like trying to convince someone to like get into the NBA, like this is a series to watch because, again, you know, we used to think the Jokic was unplayable in the playoffs, but here they are. They are figuring it out as they go along. Um, again, like they said, there, there's some hot cold spells from three, but. It's it's thrilling to watch. Like what you're Look, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that Denver is a bad team, but I'm saying that Jokic is clearly the nucleus now, clearly the guy they rely on. But I'm saying that in order to win in the playoffs, you need a second guy. Team basketball is fun. It's nice. It's cute. I'm a big fan of it. I don't like ISO basketball that much myself. So I'm all for this style of play. I'm just saying that when it comes down to it, last night was a close game. You just didn't have the shots that you need from a guy consistently to put you over the hump. Because you're at home, you can close out those 8-point lead or 7-point lead in the last 3-4 minutes. That never happened because guys were just missing shots. And Jokic is such a, a good facilitator that when you're when you're open, when he's finding you open, you need to knock down those jumpers. Otherwise, you, you don't have a chance. So what I want to see from this Denver team is take that next step. So what I wanted to ask is who can help Jokic take that next step? Uh, in the realm of maybe the Warriors or giving the Warriors a run, assuming that the Warriors come out of the Houston series. They have a former number one prospect uh, just waiting in the wings where Tim Connolly just picked him up out of the lottery. Last pick, Michael Porter Jr. Never well, that's a, that's a year away. So. <laughs> one, one more year. I mean, he's not coming to help them right yeah. now. Oh, maybe, I mean, uh, not, they don't need him maybe right Isaiah, now. Maybe Isaiah is... You, you maybe, know. no, but you know what? That would be amazing if Isaiah just says like... Just well, for two for, minutes. Just let him check. Yeah, two, you, two minutes, you think fourth quarter Isaiah. I don't know. But see, that's what I'm asking you because... They, if, they, if they do, they have one of the deepest teams. They have Malik Beasley. They have Torrey Craig playing great defense. Uh, Those are great pieces. But what I'm trying to tell you is that when I saw the first game, I was confident in the in the Denver Nuggets. I'm like, you know what? Jamal Murray has got it going. Because Jamal Murray's been kind of on and off the whole Spurs series. And I thought he finally had it figured out. And then I saw this game, and I'm like, maybe he's just that hot and cold player. Maybe he can't be relied on moving forward. So my question out of all this was, who can step up? And I don't think there's a clear-cut answer here, right? There isn't really. Like, ideally, it should be Jamal. Like, he needs to, I don't know look inside himself and find something that Andrew Wiggins never found ever in his life. Is that a Canadian thing? Yeah. yeah. Like a maple? Yeah, like like just... You know, maple syrup. Yeah, just like find it and become, I don't know, not so streaky. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I hope the Blue Arrow continues to uh, surprise us because that second game in the Spurs series was something else. It was was amazing amazing to watch. Um, So from the Portland side, let's talk about that a little bit. 
what have you seen from maybe the Nurkic injury? Because this was supposed to be the the Kitsch series, the Jokic and Nurkic. I mean, they have bad blood, so I wanted to see this matchup, but unfortunately, we don't get to see that. So what have you seen so far from Portland? Um, a little injury update, I guess, because Harkless with an MRI is going to be just out. Mention, yeah. yeah, so they're, that's gonna, they're just going to fill it with you know their bench. of. But Maurice Harkless has been everywhere on defense. If, if, you, if you've been watching these games, Mo Harkless and Aminu, are, they're putting everything on the line on defense. For sure. The Chief has arrived. I mean, that guy, Al Farouk Aminu, he's, he's showing up where, where they need it most. And now they also have a, a, a seemingly reliable guy in Rodney Hood coming off the bench, scoring, providing good defense. They could slot him in in place of anyone who's got foul trouble on the wing. Uh, if, they, if they're looking for more of a scoring touch, you know, they could throw him into the, the starting lineup. He's He's been a very effective piece, and uh, credits to the front office of, of Portland for putting together uh, a team like this towards the end of the season. Like, you got to remember, the New York Knicks waived Ennis Cantor. Right now, he's playing out of his mind in the well, playoffs. They, well, they waived him specifically because he wanted to play on a contending team, and, and here they are. And, and in terms of... Um, you know, it. I hear it here and there, but I thought now is a good time to bring it up. The fact that um, Damian Lillard is an underrated leader in the in this league, at least to me, because you know he doesn't, you know he doesn't have like hot takey press conferences or anything like that. But in terms of the the standard that he sets for himself and his teammates, like that allows them to not be shaken when they like get you know crushed by a, a young up and coming team or something like that, and it just allows them to overcome like you know losing their center losing you know their wing players it it just keeps them steady as long as they don't try to rock the boat too much they'll come out fine if i if i was observing it from a portland viewpoint so one knock against and i don't want to focus on denver because this is much more about portland here but damian lillard in the last game went 14 uh sorry he went five for 17 and only had 14 points and you know when lillard has 14 points portland has no business winning right so in order for that to happen on the road, that really means that it was a letdown game for Denver. So that was my perspective because so, they should have put this game away was my point. Correct. Here's, correct. here's my take on, on that statement. So you held Damian Lillard, the other the opposing team star player, to 5 for, what was it? Seven, 5 for 17. 5 for 17. 5 for 17 and that's a letdown? I know the, the loss is definitely a letdown, but they need to learn that Putting Tory Craig on on Damian Lillard as a as a coaching adjustment, that that was great. It worked out. You can you now you have a player that is capable of playing really good defense against uh, against Damian Lillard. Um, Tory Craig, uh, credits to Tim Connolly for finding this guy. He was uh, the NBL in, in in Australia. He was their defensive, defensive player, player of the year. year. It's it's crazy how you know this guy's coming in and immediately making contributions on on this. Seemingly deep Denver team. I understand that point, but I'm just saying they should have closed this game out. That's all it was. Like, sure, you shut down Lillard, you figured that out. But a, a player like Damian Lillard, you can't hold him back. He had one bad game. It's, it's probably not going to. He's going to bounce again. back, yeah. man. Like, and that's what I'm saying. I feel like that was a steal for Portland, and now they go back home and they have that advantage where they're like, "Hey, we stole one in Denver, and now we have the confidence going in." Because I think basketball, a playoff series, it's all about confidence here. Here's here's a here's a good stat from that game. Denver shot, uh, they shot thirteen more shots than Portland. 
They just couldn't make shots. They were six for twenty nine from three. Well, I was going to say this one. They, they shot thirty four percent from the field. They out rebounded them twenty seven uh, to nine on the offensive boards, which is insane. So, yeah, you're right. They definitely should have closed out that game, and I'm confident they closed out three more. Hmm. That's going to be tough when the next two are in Portland. I just don't know what the, the juice for this team. It never knows where it's going to come from. Sure, it's cute that Torrey Craig can do this and one game Malik Beasley can step up. But you need those stars in playoffs, as we've seen before. Like Kawhi's doing, maybe Kyrie, and the way Giannis one. is. And they have the best one in the series. His name is Nikola Yeah, Jokic. I know, but he's a facilitator. That's what I keep coming back to. Is that other people need is to he, though? Is he Is that why he's uh, averaging more than 25 points? Sure, I mean, look... My point, again, I, I will keep reiterating it, is the fact that you can have one good player who's not mainly a scorer who can score. You need other players to make shots. If other yeah, players don't make right, shots, you're, right. you're not going to win. And I For think sure. I, can't, sure, yeah. I can't put all my stock in Jamal Murray making shots at this point. I just can't. Because it's too, too hot and Millsap, cold. Gary Harris. Uh, I can't trust any of those guys at what? any given day. I just can't. I'm sorry. It just... I, I, maybe it's the the bias of the first time in the playoffs sort of thing. Like they haven't proven anything. Yeah. Maybe I have this like you know blinders on that I'm not seeing anything else. But the Spurs took them to Game Seven. You know they are the two seed, so maybe that's the advantage here because they have home court in in most series. Yeah. So maybe they close this out in, in seven. Who knows? But I just need to see more from Jamal Murray and more from Gary Harris. I, I just need to. No, remember. that's real. That's real. But um, and the bench is real though. Malik Beasley is a great player. Torrey Gregg is a great defender, and they have, like, really good depth. Monte They're, Morris. You name it, and they got it. Will Barton has been kind of a letdown, though. I just expected more from him. But he's been a complete non-factor lately, so. Uh, he got 11 rebounds the last game. So yeah, I was going to say. Like, he was not a factor. I mean, it's from, it's from the Damian Lillard missing and getting. How much of those were, like, defensive rebounds? Probably all of them, right? So it doesn't even, it doesn't even like, say hustle at that point. All right. I don't know. We next, got a, we got a fact. No, it's all right. Next next series on the docket. Eight, eight what do we have? Out of the eleven, we're defensive. Yeah. yeah. So come uh, on, Barton. What's next on the uh, docket here for our the series? next team? We have is the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. And the Boston Celtics. All right. They they sort of uh, Bucks sort of dug themselves out of that. Like to me, it was super weird that first game. I don't know, like. I, I didn't I didn't completely want to chalk it up to like them being a one trick pony kind of team, but it, it seemed like it seemed to me when I watched that first game that Boston kind of figured them out. But maybe you guys can set me straight on that. I don't know. I, I can't get a feel on this series completely. Does anybody else feel the same way? Oh well, yeah, I was just saying it's just like. Well, let's so for the first game, Milwaukee shot thirty five percent, whereas Boston shot fifty four percent. It's great. They they play good defense. Well, how many they, times is that going to happen? They're going to shoot fifty four percent. That doesn't happen a lot in the playoffs, especially against the what the number one defense in the league. Mm-hmm. It's and not going to happen. Also, the number one uh, offense in terms of uh, just, field goal percentage. Yeah, like they kind of just because Gian, Giannis, Giannis goes to the rim. You got to take the rim away from Giannis, or Giannis take Giannis away from the rim. And so they they did that with That's Horford. Fine. Like, is that a real thing? But like, we, it was in the in the first. We game. now know Boston Celtics does have a father. And I think his name is Christian James Middleton. Okay. Well, yeah, sure. An all-star? Yeah. No, no. He, he becomes LeBron against uh, the, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, he, he couldn't miss last year either. So, biggest takeaway from this series so far, Kevin? 
Uh, the biggest uh, take from this series is uh, Tatum. Let, let's talk about Jason Tatum. Two games this, this, this series. He's averaging about five points per game this series. He's not playing good defense, taking bad shots. Let's talk about this guy. Okay. He's, got, he's got the Jalen Brown. Oh, playoff yeah. Jason Tatum? Is this your playoff Tatum? So Nobody Bo- wants to talk about this. So Boston, Boston's wings are just completely letting them down. They're like chicken wings right now. Yeah, because they're also not the ones... They can't fly. <laughs> like, you know, Giannis is technically a wing. What? what I don't Saturn. even... Is that what Giannis he is, is now? Giannis is a fucking turkey wing, man. <laughs> well, it like, depends on who you ask. Exactly. If you ask the rim, he's a center. Yeah, but I, I'm sure if you ask, like, Bradley Stevens, like, oh, are you going to put Jason Tatum on Giannis on defense? they will be like, no, thanks. We're going to try someone else. So... Like I, I don't know that that would be my explanation. Maybe they're drying up on the de- like they're they're tying themselves out on defense. But I really don't have an explanation why why Jason Tatum is drying up. Really, I don't. I don't. Uh, some some say it's the Kobe poison. Some just say he's he's Carmelo. Uh, it could be Carmelo. When does he hang out with Carmelo? <laughs> I just think he's like a poor man's Tobias Harris, and it's showing. That, right that's now. been your take for a while, now. long time. But here's the thing, though: when you look at the first game, what did the what did the Celtics do the best? What did the Celtics do? Uh, Apart from shooting 54%. Basically build a wall. Yeah. Trump style mm-hmm. on Giannis. Yeah. And who paid for that wall? Giannis? Clearly <laughs> the Mexicans. <laughs> but... Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm going to try to recover from that one. Yeah. So uh, I think the the Bucks recovered in a good way because they figured out that Giannis getting to the free throw line is maybe the answer. So getting them in foul trouble was important, but also people need to shoot better. If Giannis is driving to the lane and he's got a wall around him, he's going to pass out like he always has. And, you know, in the first game, Bledsoe and Middleton were a non-factor. Second game, they were knocking down all the shots. So that's what it is. got to knock down shots. In the end, I know it's a very simple formula, but... It's a make or make or miss. Make or miss. Where's Rachel Nichols? Doing <laughs> Casey, echoing in my head right now. Um, so ultimately, I think what's going to be important moving forward is that the Bucks, uh, if if Giannis has to get the ball out of his hands and needs to go in somebody else's hand who can make a shot, Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, look, you, you got it's it's like Hubie Brown said, you know, you got to give the Boston Celtics some credit because mm-hmm. those, those guys are they're playing good defense. They're they're basically staying home on the shooters. Um, Except for when Giannis is getting into the paint where they double him, build a wall, like they said. And it, it, it worked in game one. Game two, it just was not as effective. Uh, as you can see that with the stats, game two, it, it, it advanced to uh, Milwaukee, 44%. Boston, 40 So the stats kind of evened out, regressed to the mean, like uh, a famous statistician, Daryl Morey, has said. Um, and the Bucks just completely dominated them. They won by 21 I think, given this fact and just the fact that the, the the Bucks have have been so elite this year, I just think you know they're gonna close the series out soon. I know I said they were gonna sweep, and then they got crushed by the Celtics. But you know, it's, it might just be a gentleman sweep. I think call that. the thing that the thing that is exciting about what, what you said, I, I definitely do agree with what you've been saying, um, Kevin. But Wahaj, what you were mentioning about. Giannis hunting for fouls like to me like if he can do it in a way where it's not like 
you know, I know there's a lot of uh, talk and coverage right now on how James Harden hunts for fouls, but that's yeah, not we what, don't do that. Here. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, and normally I don't always advocate for like old school basketball, but if you can get these critical pieces on the Celtics in foul trouble and like get them out of the game for stretches of the game, like. Giannis, like, if you can add that to your arsenal, that's amazing. Like, you should definitely try that's that. That's all good. He just needs to hire Scott Foster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Shitting also, on the referees continues. Yeah. Well, they've... I, I don't know. know. It's been up and down. But my, ultimately, when I watch this series, what what sticks out to me about Boston is that we know who they are. Right. Like, we know who Kevin Durant is. We don't know who the Boston Celtics are. By that, I mean, like... They're good on on defense, but where you don't know where the offense is going to come from. Jason Tatum has been uh, pedestrian at best; like he is just awful sometimes. And trying to generate his own offense when it's not going is the worst thing you can do. And, and we were talking about this. Exactly. Can, I, can I slow clap? Yeah, this is this is yeah, fantastic. This is your moment. Great. This is your moment. Thank you. Uh, Jason Tatum hasn't had his moment. Um, I don't think he's going to. He's had it right in his rookie year. Where well, he boom, LeBron. But this is the and thing. That's it. No, but th- but this is the thing, right? Because that's the that's the Celtic style, right? Like like discipline on uh, discipline on defense, grind it out in the half court, and see you know, and just pray that your offense will come from. No, somewhere. your prayer is Kyrie. Yeah, well, when yeah. Kyrie goes off, you look good. When he doesn't make those shots, you look bad, right? But but my point is, you know, they're double teaming Kyrie every time now. And he's passing it out to Al Horford, who we talked about off pod, is passing up those shots. Marcus Morris, on the other hand, when he's when he's running the same action, taking those shots. Green light. So you know what the Bucks are thinking? We're gonna let Marcus Morris shoot all day long. We'll let Horford too. We're gonna let Horford shoot all day long. We're gonna we're gonna let Hayward shoot all day long. You know who's not gonna shoot as much? Kyrie. And that's the weapon they need to uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for here? Utilize? No, neutralize. Neutralize. There you go. The opposite. <laughs> right. I mean, you have to give some credit to Eric Bledsoe. You got to give him some credit. You got to give him some credit now. You got to do your TV voice. <laughs> you got to give him some credit now. He's much yeah. older. Well, it's okay. We're getting there. We'll get there. Viewer, uh, listeners, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do a Marvel album and pretend who don't know who he is. <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck he is. <laughs> no idea. Okay. Uh... Yeah, so when we look All at right, it Dante, from... it's up to you. <laughs> Who's Dante? Oh, wait. Cunningham? It's Cunningham. But we're now getting word that that's Wahaj. <laughs> All right. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, close, close it up on this series. We'll, uh, we'll chalk up uh, another one. Wahaj from three. I only we're take now long getting two. word that's a free I throw. only take long two. Marv don't know what I'm talking about. Bring up the shot chart. <laughs> run, run, run to the screen. Marv does not know what a shot chart is. He's old school. Um, yeah, my my take from this series, uh, to summarize it, would be the the Bucks are 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 probably the favorite here. I mean, the first game was kind of an outlier. It is. It is. I would. I hate so to say I, that. So I I agree is. with Kevin in that sense, but I still think Celtics could take another game if Kyrie goes off. Because I know That's he's true. going to go off one game. You give least. Kyrie maybe one or two games for sure. Um, 
So I guess this is it on that series or any yeah. final thoughts? No, I think that's it until until either team shows us otherwise, really. Can we move on to the man who knows how to draw fouls? Is yeah. James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Fouls. I love it. Paint, paint that picture for me. How's this series looking? Uh, series is not looking that great when it comes to the refereeing perspective. It's true. Uh, Let's not talk about referees. No, we're no, going to talk about the referees. They're assigned before the, before the matchup. Chris Maddox. <laughs> No, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Houston Rockets. Okay, so Eric Gordon's good. Yeah, he's good. Clint Capella, maybe not so much. Being this kind series? of neutralized. Yeah, this absolutely. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, Kirk, fourteen points. Kirk Goldsberry was was mentioning. You know, the big man is getting minus nineteen played out of the games, especially yeah. against teams like Golden State, where they can space out the floor with guys like Kevin Durant, Clay, and and Steph. But we don't need to talk about this. We've been seeing this for the last four years. So I, I don't know. I, do you really think Houston can pull this? Uh, even maybe one game of this series. Yeah. 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 They, for for I, them, it's because they are so high variance. Like they'll just they will just pour it on one game, and that'll be the game. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we we all thought this series was gonna is gonna go to seven at least. Not right? we all, man. You guys. Right. You, you didn't think that the, for a second. That didn't cross your mind. No, You're lying to this microphone. I, I have a playoff pool where I picked them in five. I, I picked maybe Houston's going to take a game. Wow. No yeah. faith at Due all. Due to the high variance. Last last year they went to game seven and they missed 27 lucky. straight. You yeah. don't think they could take at least two this year? No. Wow. No faith at all. Oh, man. I'm a Houston native, so it hurts a little bit. I'm not a fan, though. but you know, No, I, but I understand what you're saying. It's also... Which series or which team has Kevin Durant on that team? Oh, I see. Uh, I am see. I gonna, I'm going to pull Marv Mal Albert and say... Cleveland. Charlotte. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. Oh, wait, yeah. no, that's next year. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Just don't take uh, D'Angelo's minutes. So what is the... <laughs> let, let's Coming back to the series, what is the best and the worst thing about this Houston Rockets team? The best thing is the three-point shooting. Okay. The worst thing is also the three-point shooting. Great answer. Yeah. That summarizes the whole series. That's Houston. Yeah, I actually don't think I can come up with a better answer. That is is a very clever, um, on-point analysis. Unlike Jeff Wayne Gundy and uh, (laughs) Mark Jackson. Jackson. I think Stan should be in that seat, right? Stan Stan should be in that seat. Honestly, he's amazing as a a commentator. He's a better brother. I I really think Mark Jackson shouldn't be allowed to commentate on Warriors games. We get the ball. (laughs) This is just me. (laughs) No, Mark Jackson, he really shouldn't. He's very salty about everything in life. (laughs) But, um, you know who's really salty about everything is James Harden about foul calls and apparently they filed a report. I didn't even think he could see it. They, a report with data, which with is data. like, with, to me, which is what I would do, right? Like if I, but I'm also incredibly petty, right? Like I would. Pu- Houston is for for giving that report. Like, can we audit every time that they got a call? That shouldn't have been one too, because they do that all the time. How many times can we find their players for flopping in in the entire playoffs or the regular? I'd season? be rich if I had a dollar for every time that somebody flopped on the Rockets team. Uh, honestly, I will. I will. I want to audit the entire Rockets season. Mo Dakil, any, any one of you video guys listening, you don't I, have the analytics that Daryl Morey does. But this, but this you is can't the audit thing. every game. This is they the thing, can. though. Every they have every the, they, they have, have the, the model. <laughs> They have the model. My my argument is that every every single fucking team should have that happen to them. If if you 
Like that that is the only way. Like I get I get that it takes, you know, the heart or the passion or the whatever out of the out of the game. But if it is if it is so accurate that you can't even flop, then that's that's a, a plus to me. It's it's that's never ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous exaggerated body movements. You know, it's they just wanted those last three minutes, those last three foul calls. That's yeah. why they did this audit. That's all this is about. Not about anything else. How they said, oh, um, uh, what did they say about Clay? They made a comment about Clay that was like, oh, he takes so many steps. Or cl- crowding the landing crowding area. Crowding the landing area. And I'm like, why are you doing all this? Just be straightforward. Say exactly what it is. It's the last three foul calls. How about you just play the damn game? Play the game. Exactly. But, but this, is, game. this is like the evolution of working the ref, right? Because when you work the ref, it isn't for the call that just happened, right? It's for the next call and it's for the makeup call. So what they're, what, if I'm Daryl Morey and I'm the like Rockets front office, I'm going to say we're going to like make this really petty report because we want... We want the calls for the next few games, which are dicey for us. And look what the league go... did. They yeah. sent them Scott Foster. <laughs> <laughs> which is predetermined before the matchup is oh, set. <laughs> Sorry, that's my customer service. Was it a random okay. draw? Was it a random draw? Uh, yeah. Was it a bad shot? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. Now, what now... is the landing zone even? Like, we don't even know anymore. No, but there was a video. There was a video. I don't know who made it. It was like, it showed it showed James Harden's variance in the landing zone. Like, when he's not, when no one's on him, it's just a normal straight up, up and down. down. Yes. Yeah. And then the second someone's crowding him. Flail. Fla- exactly. So. Yeah, I, mean, I can't respect that. Let's audit this entire season. Like, come on, Daryl. You're going to audit the good things and not the bad, right? Yeah, I mean, sec- second spectrum. They have the, they they have have the, the, uh, the analytics, right? <laughs> Sloan Conference. Let's audit this podcast. Uh, no, no, they... <laughs> not ready for Last that. two in a report. <laughs> not good. How many, how many Celtics hate Pro <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I think I, I lead the league in Celtics. Uh, I think I think we've covered. I'm gonna rescind your technical the last one. <laughs> Fuck the Celtics. Well, that was that was interesting though. That was in, like the like Draymond rescinding. Of the yeah, technical. like I'm. To me, I get it. Someone, someone on Reddit who's smarter than me, like explained it as like they do it in the heat. They re- they give the technical and then rescind it after just to keep them under control in the game and just to let them know like, hey, yeah, we're not gonna let this happen. But for me. Obviously, I've I've advocated for harsher punishments from like Adam Silver is- all the time. But like, they should just keep the technical. Like, why not? No, but that means he has four, and then if he gets seven, you get suspended. They don't want another one of those. Like, no, oh, Draymond gets- was suspended in game five with the. But finals. that's his own fucking fault. <laughs> Like, he kicked, he kicked out his leg or something? Yeah, like, sorry. No, that's James Harden. Oh, <laughs> sorry, oh that, no. Like, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your defensive anchor, like, and your heart of the team, like, cusses out your coach and gets lots of technicals. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of old only, school like, in that He's like, the second way. best defender in the game. It's all good. Who's the first one? Uh, KD? Have you, have you seen this guy in the playoffs? He's Who? kind of a robot. And it's going to lead into the... the it's a segue. It's a oh, segue. oh, it sounds like we're talking about a fun guy. Segment. Yeah. He sounds like a fun guy. <laughs> um, it's a... I think he'll be funner in a Clipper uniform. Oh, this man. Oh man. Oh, man. I pissed off all the Raptors fans. I just got a technical from them. Yeah. So, uh, this series, I think I'm going to let you guys battle it out because noted Sixers fan, Richard, and noted Raptors yeah. fan... We, the North. Kevin. Yeah, trust the process. Uh, I am a mediator. You gotta, you gotta trust sit the back, kick back, grab a beer, and watch this unfold. Now, before we get into all this, Hulu now has live sports. <laughs> <It does. laughs> 
It does. So you can't do that right before I start an argument. It kills me every time. Okay. Well, you know what? It was a bounce back game for the Sixers. Um, I don't know. I'll let I'll let you open this one up just because I, you know. Just to preface this. No, for sure. Game three is tonight. It starts very soon. Yeah. Ten, so Eleven this minutes. Is, this We're... is going to be kind of a preview for game three as well. Yeah. So there's not not much point talking about the last two games other than the fact that you know. Raptors kind of blew out the game one. Uh, game two, Raptors blew the game due to a poor performance from their forty million dollar combined making bench of three players of Norm, Fred, and uh, Norm makes Serge. the most. <laughs> no. no, Serge makes twenty two. They need OG back, man. They they do. They do. They do. And OG but, needs his appendix but, back. But I don't know if you could, did who. No, which, nobody really needs it. Which one of you was telling to me? Oh, that's why it's called that. Um, which one was? Uh, which one of you was telling to me off pod that it was uh, that last minute play was like a, a botched um, play call? Was which, that which last minute? What the Lowry? Oh, that was the Nick Nurse trying to call something on the last play, and Kyrie got uh, Kyle got confused because he wanted the and one, and what? I think that's what the botched play was from Kyle. How everybody was shedding on him for ruining that. I don't think it was a bad. It still generated a. He botched the play, but it generated yeah, but it, it was botched because Nick Nurse was trying to say something to uh. him. Apparently a play really? call. Yeah, that's okay. what I read on Twitter. I don't know how somebody really closely watched that. that yeah, play. and and my reaction to that, and and maybe this is a changeover from like the Casey years, is that you kind of just let Kyle do whatever fuck he wants he in, the, in the he, end of the he game. He basically runs the, the the court at the end of the game. He he calls Wait, the plays. But there's a guy named Siakam that might have taken over as the second best player on this team. Yes, but Yikes. who is the leader? No, we didn't take over. Who is the leader? There's no other leader. The leader, the no. load management is the, the real leader, leader of is the load team management. is Kyle Lowry. We, we, we all know this. He's the leader of the team on the on the floor. Highest plus minus in these playoffs. Real number. Plus 184. He is uh, he's leading the playoffs in charges. He's taking more charges than teams. Well, he, he, he is good is, at that. Yeah, that's like the my favorite skill of Kyle. So. Man, he puts his body on the line. Like There are Kyle haters everywhere. And oh, everyone's gonna say, oh, he doesn't bring it on offense. Oh, he looks like He's, Raymond Felton. He looks like Raymond <laughs> Felton. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. meme. Raymond Felton. Oh, he's thick. You know. And all that. Oh, he, with three C's. <laughs> yeah. How many C's? Maybe four. Maybe four. If it's Cross real late price. at night. Real late at night. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, my my question is because because we were talking about Pascal Siakam is like just because he was you know. In some way mitigated by Joel Embiid. I'm just curious. What do you think? The sort of because um, the, the story of that game from the Sixers' point of view was that they made adjustments on defense. So for you on offense, they made like, adjustments. You know, Ben Simmons played elite defense on Kawhi. He held him to 35. Did you say elite and Ben Simmons in the same sentence? Yes. yes. Say it again. Wow. Yes. Say it again. I, I, I got it. <laughs> what? He he played elite defense and held Kawhi to 35 points. You know, that's it's insane. You might you might say he deserves a. Finals MVP guy, this. Right? Well, yeah, well, it's like. Um, Wait, Ben Simmons? Or Kawhi? I, I'm lost. I wow, I see what you did there. Yeah. It's a Jedi mind trick there. Yeah, it's okay. I see well, what you're doing well as, as, far as, as far as Siakam, who, who was mitigated, like, what do you. Like, so, my, my, my thoughts on that is yeah, uh, well, Pascal came out and said today in, in, uh, me, during media. Yes, I, I, uh, I got this quote. Yeah, too. He, he mentioned that uh, he got very excited seeing the space that Embiid was giving him. And um, because of that, he he just basically attacked, and they they helped. It's a trap. It's a trap. No, for sure, he got baited. No, he got baited. He learned that the Raptors lost by five. Their bench only scored five. It was a they they barely lost that game. Honestly, they they had a chance to cut it to okay, take it to overtime at home. 
You know, like it's, they're on the road now. Like, it road. might be a little bit difficult uh, for role to- players to make it's shots. Totally, it's, it's not like you know the Raptors haven't won in Philadelphia before. That's tough. Uh, Philly, what are they, what Philly are they, had yeah, yeah. I, I guess Philly has the the last word on that. Even though that for me is a traumatic memory. Oh yeah, right now, now <laughs> Philadelphia is now one in fourteen in, in the last fifteen meetings in Scotiabank. Good job, processors. <laughs> so, what when it comes down to Game Three, the question that I posed to both of y'all is: what adjustments, what counter adjustments do the, the, the Brett Brown has to make, or Nick Nurse has to make. Nick Nurse made his adjustments. They, okay. they won the game. I think Nick. Uh, sorry, Brett Brown made his adjustments. They won the game. Now it's time for Nick Nurse to to show what he what he's capable of. And I, I just think there's a certain adjustments that even us as fans can just see, like Tobias Harris not getting posted up, JJ Redick not getting posted up. There's so many weaknesses. Philadelphia, I, in my opinion, they aren't set up perfectly just for for playoff basketball. Uh, you know, with, I can with, see that with holes I, I in defense, with holes in shooting, at the spacing, it's just it's a very weirdly constructed team. And Brett Brown, gotta give him credit now; he's done great. But um, just I, I think the Raptors are gonna make the right adjustments, play play some good basketball, and close this one out five or six. So, what needs to happen in Game Three specifically? For for, for me, it's interesting because he made his adjustments on the defensive end and. And it's kind of on the other side, even though um, J.J. Redick and Tobias Harris can be exploited on on offense. It's just... Or on defense, sorry. It's the, a question for Brett Brown going forward is like, where does the other... You know, where do the buckets come from? Like, it, like we get we get that Jimmy needs to have a good game, and and the Raptors will be prepping for that, right? Like, they know... They sort of have figured out over the years, sort of ways to limit him. But again, how can Tobias get going? How can even Ben Simmons get going in terms of point generation? Because, you know, they, were, they held him to six. So what happens is that what Brett Brown is doing, from what I've seen, is that he's staggering those minutes for stars. Yep. So when the bench unit comes in for the Raptors, there's still somebody on the floor for the Philly who's a star. Yeah. Let's say either Tobias or Butler or he's Simmons. playing off minutes where Embiid is not sharing the floor as much as Gasol, and it's time for Nick Nurse just to play matching minutes. It's yeah, you got to match those. It's minutes. really matchups. That's, like that, that's all it is. He was confident in in surge because of regular season defense against Embiid. It's not going to cut it. Now Nick learned that lesson. Experiment is over, and I, likely uh, what we're going to see is minutes are going to be matched. This game. And again, this is always the eternal question for the Sixers, and I'm just going to throw it out just in case it happens tonight. Limit turnovers. That's it. That'll... That's a hard, that's a tall <laughs> I know, I know we all Insert laugh. Insert Kawhi laugh uh, yeah, here. But... Mikey Mike, shout out. <laughs> I don't know. I think this may go down to the wire, but I think Raptors may take this one, may have a slight edge. Uh, most of the forums have given Raptors uh, 60% bump over over the Sixers for this game. I'm not mad at that. That's really uh, 60-40 is a good ratio, I feel like. Uh, but ultimately, what I wanted to... Because he seems very confident, Richard, in in the Raptors. What is... Apart from turnovers, what do you need to see this game? Do you need to see Joel dominate to begin the game? Or do you want to see more of a passing fluid system... To start the game, that that to me is you need the the fluid. You know, I, they made a lot of hay out of Ben Simmons as a half court player, but like, yeah, like get in semi transition. I know, I know that's where the Raptors also play very well in semi transition, but just um, 
allowing that sort of flow offense, which is better for role players like Reddit, Reddick, and better for you know Simmons in terms of setting up and just getting a feel for the game. And they're going to be at home, so just to get them comfortable in this sort of playoff atmosphere, that's probably it. Philly's really bad in transition defense, so. They're giving up a lot of transition, and Raptors are really good at running up. And yeah, down. that's what so I mean. So that's the problem. I think that's where the series comes down. Yeah, to. Raptors are one of the top transition uh, scoring teams, and um, Philly's the worst at defending. Transition. Which is why this matchup is kind of, at least for me, dicey. As much as I love the Sixers, it's that every, you know, if you step it up on, on you know, on offense, they they're going to match you somewhere, and that's just the nature of the game, right? Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Raptors, I think it's a good time to wrap this up. All right, that's a wrap on this episode. I'm going to let Richard. Call this one out. All right, that's it for this week's edition of Back to the Basket Podcast. Feel free to get us wherever you get your favorite podcast. And remember, always send us your you know, strangest or favorite questions. Uh, you'll find all of our info in the show notes. And remember, we may have our backs to the basket, but we'll never turn our backs on our fans. Bye. Bye. Peace.